Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Things Explained Podcast. Here's your prepper episode. Let's get into it. So last week I scared you and this week I'm telling you what to do about it. So just a quick recap if you haven't listened to last week last week's episode feel free to pause this and go back and listen to that one we talked about the possible crash of the american dollar and what's going on in today's economy um, in america and how it could affect you in the future or possibly in the really 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 near future now this episode is your complete guide on how to start preparing now for anything that could happen globally Now, the thing with this, with stuff like this is, and what COVID showed us was that people often wait until it's too late to prepare for bad things to happen. And if you start now, you and your family can avoid the blowback from anything globally that could possibly happen. There's always something that's happening. And again, like COVID kind of shook us all up and showed us all the different possibilities of what could go wrong. So, you know, don't you want to be one of those people that were unbothered during the COVID times and it didn't really affect them at all because they were prepared for it. They were prepared for something that could possibly happen. So let's get into this episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed and like, rate, review this podcast as usual. So grab a pen and strap in. Preparing for a recession comes down to using strong economic times to benefit and focus on limiting your spending, forming a budget and building an emergency fund, and of course, eliminating high interest debts. So first, you should take a really detailed stock of your finances. One of the most common unexpected expenses during a downturn in in any economies is job loss. And when times are tough, companies usually scale back on hiring and start slashing jobs. So if you think your place is secure in a company, don't count on that as security because no job is technically secure. Keep in mind, jobs are one of the first things to take a hit during a financial crisis. Before we see anything, we start seeing rapid job loss. So if you're worried about a recession, your first step should be opening up all your accounts and getting a complete picture of your finances, whether you're single, married, have um, two incomes in a household or multiple incomes in a household, they're just, you know, just one. See how much cash you have available right now, whether in a checking or savings account. And then, you know, you find out the categories where you spend the most. It's always a good idea to go through your monthly expenses and identify which items are discretionary services or items you can live without and which items are actually necessary. So if you're a frivolous spender, and I'm not talking about like, you know, if you occasionally buy yourself things, but if you're a frivolous spender or you just have like random stuff that you really don't need, now would be a good time to start cutting out those expenses and and saving them. So the next thing, of course, you should do is whenever you start cutting, you know, expenses that you really don't need, 
Next thing you should do is build an emergency fund. You know, experts usually recommend starting with six to nine months built up of living expenses, but I do recommend that you go as far as you can. So just to put it in per- into perspective, COVID lasted two years plus, depending on where you live. So just keep that in mind whenever you're building different kind of emergency stashes. So this is not a regular savings. Don't go and spend this on vacations or anything like that if something happens. This is money assets you want to sit on for when something happens. Recessions, job loss, illness, whatever you need it for. That's what usually stacking up your money and creating an emergency fund is used for. And I would recommend... Whenever bad things happen in the economy or globally, do not put your faith in government handouts like unemployment benefits because eventually those will end and usually it isn't even enough to cover basic necessities for you and your family, especially when the prices of goods rise. So you definitely want to make sure you are not um, counting on food stamps and unemployment benefits and things like that because again, those are usually um, to run out after a period of time. There's limits on those things. So the next thing you want to do is make sure you are recession-proofing your career. Not everyone is an entrepreneur or an investor, I know, but make sure you have things in place that you can fall back on if you get laid off. So that looks like skills you can leverage that will be needed during hard times and just different things like that. If you are good at something, make sure you capitalize on that. Or just basically just learning a new skill. You can go on um, like Udemy and um, even YouTube for free and learn skills that are going to be needed during hard times. And, And just having that in your back pocket for let's say if you do get laid off or if your job takes a hiatus or if your business kind of goes belly up, you have skills you can leverage and fall back on. And again, make sure there's skills that are going to be needed. So I guess during a recession, you wouldn't go and get a uh, a realtor's license or something like that. Because usually when people don't have money, they're not buying a bunch of real estate. You have like a small group of investors who are profiting off of that, but it's not in mass. So just make sure you are recession proofing your career. Now, while I do recommend putting some cash in your bank, I do not recommend having all your money in your bank accounts and just relying solely on banks. Usually those things are one of the first to go to if the economy gets bad. And especially if the American dollar crashes, crashes, that's the last place you want to keep your money. And that's where investing comes in. Now, I know a lot of people's eyes cross when you mention anything to do with investing, but honestly, it's the only way to protect your finances. And if you just learn a few basics, you will be better off than 80% of people in the world and 90% of people in the US. Because again, a lot of times stuff like this blindsides people and they don't learn a new skill or they don't know anything about investing or really have the desire to. So if you learn just a few little things, you will be a lot better off than majority of the people in the U.S. So let's get into a few basic things that you need to know dealing with investing. I do recommend a few books that I will link in the show notes if you want more 
if you want a more detailed overview of what to actually invest in, because right now I'm going to just kind of skim through a few things. We're not going to get deep into it because, again, I know a lot of people's eyes tend to cross and um, when you talk about investing, but definitely read up on it and research and get started on that now. So you want to make sure you diversify your investments. And what that means is that you don't just invest in one thing. You have assets in different areas. So let's get into some of those areas. So the first one is going to be a gold, silver, and other precious metals. People have used precious metals like gold and silver as a form of money and a store of value for a very, very, very long time. When there is a political or economic disaster, precious metals are traditionally considered a safe asset to have. Precious metals can't be printed like paper money. And since their supply is limited, the value of gold and silver holds better over time. So with that being said, you can literally purchase the physical form or you can set up a gold IRA. And what a gold IRA is, it's just a specialized individual sort of, I wouldn't say it's a retirement account, but it's an account that allows people to invest in both physically and non-physical gold. And so you can also have physical assets in your gold IRA, like bullion or gold coins, but also precious metals related to securities within the investment portfolio. So buying physical gold isn't really popular these days because it's impractical and unsafe for storage. So investors who choose to invest in gold usually go with non-physical gold IRAs. So definitely look into that. And um, that's probably the easiest way if you want to get into investing. And that's why I mentioned it first. So the next one we have is going to be Bitcoin. So because Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are not controlled by banks and other financial financial institutions, investors use them to sort of kind of diversify their portfolios just a little bit. And the good thing about things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, they sort of started making them where you don't have to buy a whole one. You don't have to have a whole Bitcoin you can purchase pieces of one. So if you want to diversify and just put a couple bucks into something else, Bitcoin is really good. But keep in mind, there is evidence to support that there is positive and negative effects that a decline in the US dollar can have on Bitcoin. So even though it might be might be good to some, if the dollar collapses, it's not completely reliable. So just be aware of that and do your research. But it's worth mentioning, again, because you can purchase a piece of it where your loss isn't going to be substantial as opposed to if you have it like that and you want to purchase a huge, you know, amount of Bitcoin or in, or crypto, and you can invest in it, then that's up to you. But definitely do your research because um, when it comes to things like that, you just really want to be careful. So the next one is going to be foreign currencies. Again, if you haven't um, listen to our last podcast episode, go and listen to that right now. Because again, um, I get in, I'm not going to get into it in here, but I go into detail about what's actually happening with the American dollar, and why it's completely plausible for it to crash because countries are sort of banning up against us, um, against the American dollar. Uh, so it can crash and lose value. Um, And so the American economy won't hold so much weight on the world. So 
again, the next one is foreign currencies. Usually investors choose to invest in currencies like the Chinese Yuan, the Japanese Yen, the European Euro, and the Norwegian Krona. So do your research in economies that will hurt from the collapse and benefit and try to invest in in the currencies that will either benefit or not be affected at all. So keep that in mind. There's a lot of countries that are partnered with the US and if we crash, they crash. So those are the ones you definitely don't want to invest in. But the Chinese Yuan is a perfect example or the Japanese Yen because they, uh, not really Japan, but Definitely China is part of the BRICS coalition that is banning up against the U.S. So if you want to, you can invest in some Chinese yuan and have a little bit of money in there. Now, with that being said, in the same vein, foreign stocks and mutual funds. So one way to protect you from the failing American dollar is to buy foreign stocks, and mutual funds. In addition to earning appreciation, investors can also make money when the value of a currency goes up. So again, like I said, Chinese Yuan will probably be your best bet or countries within the BRICS coalition. If you have a loyalty to the United States and you don't want to do that, you can just skim past this. You don't have to worry about it. But um, if you are trying to survive because it is a game of survival and you want to make sure you have money at the end of the day, this is a good option. So another option on the same line as that is, of course, purchasing shares of an American corporation with a considerable amount of international sales. So if that American company has a lot of international business, and their business is dependent on China or Russia or Japan, they just have like a lot of international buyers, then it wouldn't hurt to invest in companies like that because they're not really going to be hurting if the American dollar crashes because a lot of their money isn't coming from America. So just keep that in mind. Now, the next one can be tricky and it's definitely not for beginners. So make sure you are researching taking classes, and of course, consulting with a financial advisor before throwing your money anywhere. So that one is going to be real estate. Usually people invest in real estate because it can maintain or grow in value. Real estate will be valuable even if or when an economic downturn comes. When the dollar's purchasing power goes down, real estate prices aren't really likely to drop as well. And real estate investors often invest in properties in other countries as well. So usually they generate income through rental services like Airbnb and things like that. So keep that in mind uh, with the real estate. For a lot of people, real estate investing is very hands-on and isn't really for people who don't want to do investing professionally. So um, and in, in, in another important thing to keep in mind is that real estate is an extremely illiquid investment. So if it's a thing where you need a large sum of money very quickly for most people, especially if you're in a market where people don't have money to buy, you're not really going to get money quickly off of it. So, you know, you do have those investors who go in, find a rundown house and flip it and then sell it really quickly. Or if you find yourself keen on borrowing against a property, so leveraging your real estate 
taking out a loan from the banks and stuff like that. But usually, like I said, during a recession, those are very high interest. And if you're not doing this as a profession, it could be a little bit difficult for you to maintain. If you want to do this passively, you real estate wouldn't be the choice that you would go into unless start doing it now and you use it to stack up money and things like that. Or if you just want to hold a property or like, or like I said earlier, you know, have some kind of rental service like Airbnb and VRBO and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind with real estate. And definitely, like I said before, research, 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 do not just throw your money places because real estate oftentimes isn't really for beginners or if you have a certain way you would like to invest or you have a full-time nine to five and you it just do your research guys (laughs) so lastly you might want to look up something called infinite banking and infinite banking is just something that involves buying a good a really really good whole life insurance policy policy and leveraging that Um, I'm not going to get into that too much because it's a little bit more involved and definitely for experts, but it's definitely worth researching. So keep that in mind. I, I think it's a great way to leverage debt. Leveraging debt is definitely for someone who has been investing and who has been involved in in investing and knows about tax laws and different, because you can definitely get yourself underwater with doing that but research it and if it's something you want to try just make sure you are ready and again you are diversifying as much as possible and you're not throwing all your money into one thing whether we're in a recession or we're not in a recession great investors do not make knee-jerk reactions in investing do not make changes that will jeopardize your long-term financial security based on short-term economic events Make sure you heavily research before you jump into anything. And if you have the means to do so, of course, consult a financial advisor that will give you the best avenues for your level of income. Keep in mind also, too, that investing is not just for the rich. If you have a small amount, you can still do a lot with a small amount. And lastly, of course, before we get into more practical things, the fun part, get out of debt. Being in a position where you've eliminated those types of high cost obligations allows you to better prepare for other things financially. And plus, being debt free will give you an overwhelming sense of freedom and peace if and when shit hits the fan. Just knowing you're debt free and well invested and have a, um, a savings will make your life easier. So Keep that in mind. And all of this stuff that I mentioned previously, you can start now. You can start small. You can start paying off small debts. You can stop racking up your credit card bills. You can cut expensive subscriptions that you know you don't really use or that, you know, stop the Starbucks runs and just put your money in a good investment portfolio. And again, research heavily. Start reading up now, even if you don't have money to start leveraging or paying off your debt you can start reading and researching. I think everyone would be better off if they really, really knew how to make their money work for them and not them work for money. 
you know, even if you have a nine to five, you can still cut a small piece off of that and start investing in something. Again, whether you do the life insurance or whether you start in getting gold and um, precious metals and things like that, you you can still start leveraging that stuff. So keep that in mind, guys. Now for the fun part, <laughs> we get into all the practical stuff you can start doing. And so preparing for a collapse of the dollar isn't all about investing in alternative currencies or diversifying your stock and investment portfolios. It isn't just about that. Because if a gallon of milk suddenly costs $100 or you cannot afford to pay for gas or electricity, you're going to have major problems. So that brings us to the first one. So the first one that I'm going to talk about now is sustainment technologies. And what that is, is just solar and wind power generation, whole house battery system, wells, natural gases, and more all have played a part in maintaining a standard of living for you, your family, and your safety when the economy starts to fall apart. So start researching now for alternatives that will help you in the long run and stock up on batteries and maybe even invest in a generator if you have the means to do so. If you don't, again, batteries tend to go a long way and then battery powered items tend to go a long way as well. So the next one is, you know, disasters almost always lead to disease outbreaks due to overcrowding and unsanitary conditions. Luckily, we haven't had to deal with that too much here in the U.S., but if you, um, if you can avoid going to the hospital for things like antibiotics, because they will always be needed to combat diseases. And of course, make sure you always have a surplus of necessary prescriptions. The hospital is the last place you want to go to to try to go and grab your prescriptions. And of course, antibiotics if you need them. So make sure you have a lot of that on hand. I know my mom, she used to, if we were sick or something and we had an antibiotic and let's say it cleared up before we completely used it all up she would just keep them up in the cabinet and so whenever we were sick again or we needed an antibiotic for something she just had them up in the cabinet and she would give it to us and we wouldn't even have to go to the doctor and I would say this to um that if possible try to do what you can now to get yourself as healthy as possible So you won't have to rely on a failing medical system. We saw that with COVID, how the hospitals were overran and they really weren't seeing anyone with minor conditions and stuff like that. It was really, really hard to get into the hospital. So try to get yourself healthy as as possible now. Your health will be vital to you during hard times because hospitals will be backed up and those places are the last places you want to be during those times. They are disease ridden and um it's easy when when bad stuff breaks out those places are usually the first to get hit so make sure you are investing in your health as well that you won't limit you or your family later and so stemming from that we all know hard times breeds hard people when economies take a downturn, people normally get desperate and desperate people create horrible situations. I don't hear a lot of preppers talking about this and why, yes, being able to protect yourself with weapons is vital, but knowing basic self-defense for you and your family, even the kids, the small kids will help you exponentially. 
knowing how to get away from someone who means you harm is vital. And if you're not one for learning an intricate martial art or just don't have the time to dedicate, I recommend something like Krav Maga. It's basic street self-defense that you can learn two to three times a week to just kind of grasp the basics of self-protection for you and your whole family, I recommend. And of course, weapons and self-defense items. A lot of you don't like guns. I'm from Texas, so that just doesn't compute with me, but to each his own. Keep items on you and around your house, in your car, that can help you protect you and your family if you have, of course, if you have a family. If it's just you, that can help protect you. Basic things like a baseball bat goes a long way. I know my family, if I go into my parents' house right now, in front of each of the doors, they have like some kind of like baseball bat or a wooden stick. They have uh, self-defense things all around their house because they just have so many windows in their home. So keep them in places all around your house that you can easily get to. And if you have small kids, of course, do this with caution. You don't want to leave something sharp or, you know, something crazy laying around. Keep that in mind. And also make sure you are practicing with these items, especially if you have firearms. You should be like training with your items at least two times a week. And of course, training mature members of your family as well. That way, if you're not home or you're incapacitated, your family isn't helpless or afraid to use it because they've trained with it. Train, train, train. Especially if you have a firearm. I know there's some people who have firearms in their house, in their cars, or something like that, but have only shot them like once. There's there's a thing that happens whenever you're put in a situation um, that m- makes you freeze. And so if you're not training with it regularly, it could be life or death for you and your family. Or that few mi- the few moments, those few seconds of freezing could mean life or death for you guys. So make sure you're training with those items and know actually how to use a baseball bat against someone. You know, we've seen in movies all the time where people would have um, a baseball bat and then they'd go to swing it, but the purse, but the intruder would just catch it and like take it away from them. <laughs> and then what, what else do they have? So make sure you're training with your items and you know where to hit you know, where to punch, you know, where to stab, you know, where to shoot uh, to get someone out of your home or off of you or away from you. Train, train, train. That is important. I cannot stress that enough. Make sure you trained. And of course, like I said, training family members to know what to do. If, you know, you never know, they could, somebody could catch you off guard and you're knocked out and then your wife and children are helpless or your or your husband and your children are healthy you know just making sure you're training members of your family that can handle it and of course like kids should get some form of training as well so they aren't just helpless to whatever happens if for some reason they're left alone my favorite of course and the next one is going to be stockpiling I have a link in the show notes that will give you a great list of all the items that you need for a stockpile, but also just all the items that you know are necessities that you and your family will need, stockpile them. Or just you, if it's just you, just stockpile them. If you have pets, stockpile dog food and nutrition, you know, if there's dog medicine or something like that, cat medicine, or if you have 
whatever kind of animal you have, just stockpile food for them. So, you know, the, you know, you won't have to ration with your dogs or ration with your cats. And also, like, it sounds gross, but if push comes to shove, if you ever run out of food and you're starving, dog food is pretty high in protein. Cat food is pretty, really, really high in protein. So just keep that in mind. I would keep a list of all the items you have with expiration dates or organize them by expiration dates so you can know which items to rotate out regularly because of course you want edible or usable items for when you need them so make sure you are paying attention to expiration dates and rotating that food out but try to keep up a pile that will last your family for a good year or even longer depending on the items you have in your pile Dehydrated goods and MREs can last you a very, very long time. So keep that in mind, making sure you're rotating them out and you're just stocking up on items that have a little bit of a longer expiration date and then items that you know will be good for you and your family. So if something happens and you and your family need to live off of those canned goods and stuff, don't, you know, I wouldn't say get a bunch of like sweet things and crap you just know is not going to be good for you and your family just because it's on sale and you want canned goods. No, you have to be a little bit practical about the stuff that you choose. What is going to be nutritious for you guys if you're um, nutritionally deficient? What is going to help sustain you? Because sweet things are only going to give you a headache carbs and green things and stuff like that is going to really go a long way stuff with protein in it beans and um there's canned potatoes like there's there's stuff that can really really benefit you and your family during those times don't buy like pie filling like 55 cans of pie filling and canned fruits with a bunch of sugar and stuff in it you know, you can have a few of those things, but I wouldn't dedicate your entire stockpile to stuff that you know isn't going to be very practical. When stuff is on sale and you have an extra few bucks, so just start stocking up. The good thing about a stockpile is that if you have a surplus, things like that in hard times are as good as gold. So when you have a little bit of extra money, you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a stockpile. Again, you can start slowly, but start now. You have an extra 20 bucks, you have an extra 10 bucks, and you see canned goods at the dollar store with the far out expiration date, or you see MREs at Walmart or your local grocery store. Buy them. If you have a little bit of extra money, go ahead and purchase those things. If you have, if you come across a supply of liquor or tobacco or cosmetics and other comfort items, that can be valuable to you in the long run, even though you might not need them. Keep them to the side because that can be a form of making money. And it's a good form of investing as well, right? Like if you're not that savvy with the stock market or it's a little bit intimidating to you, you can sell those items for things that that you will need during those times, like precious metals or whatever the currency is during that time, you can exchange them or you can even exchange them for certain goods that you don't have that you need. So if they have antibiotics and you have 10 cans of something, you can exchange those for antibiotics and stuff like that. So keep that in mind whenever you're building your stockpile. Next thing that is almost as good as gold is, of course, water. Now, the body can't really survive without water. So you want your own huge stockpile of portable water on hand, along with plenty of supplies to filter and purify 
other water sources just in case. If you have land with well water, that's even better. Just make sure you check on it regularly to make sure it's not contaminated. It doesn't, it doesn't go rancid or anything on you depending on what's going on in the world. Invest in some rain barrels. And when you hear of anything ever going on, it's smart to fill tubs, sinks, or any containers you might have with water before the main water source is shut off or if it's contaminated. I know there was people in Ohio that were going through water issues and the water was contaminated. So keep that in mind whenever you are stockpiling your water. And if you do the individual water bottles, like the case of 40 and stuff like that, make sure you look, cause those have expiration dates too, as well. Make sure you rotate those just as much as you're rotating your food because, um, the plastic, the water doesn't expire, but the plastic around it can expire. And you, the last thing you want to be is sick or you and your family sick because of expired plastic or bad plastic contaminated in the water. So keep that in mind. We're rolling, guys. Stick with me. We're almost there. <laughs> We're almost there. So the next one, of course, is a no-brainer. It's gasoline. Having your own sizable uh, supply of gasoline, diesel, propane, and other fuels will not only keep your vehicles and tools operating, but also will provide you with a precious commodity for bargaining when required. So keep that in mind. Just like I said, whenever you're building your stockpile, you can bargain with that. Gasoline will be gold. Like just like water, water and gasoline will be your two main things. So uh, generators, I know there's some like uh gasoline fuel generators keep that in mind whenever you're building your stockpile or even if you just need a little bit of gas to make sure you're driving and you can go somewhere if you and your family need a bug out somewhere you have gasoline stored next one is going to be learn to garden you're going to wish you had trust me when things start running low, if an orange is $10 <laughs> or a simple fruit is 15 bucks, you're going to wish you had learned gardening. Even if you don't have green thumbs, which I would always say that, but if you learn basics to keep you alive, like fruits, simple fruits, simple vegetables, simple herbs for medicine, you'll be way better off the majority of the people in the US if you just learn small things. Sounds intimidating though, but if you learn basics, you don't have to get really fancy with it. What I mean by basics is like potatoes, onions, beans, grains, healing herbs you can um, do from small pots, learning which seasons grow what. Just stick to basics unless you want to get fancy more power to you but things that will satiate you and your family you don't you don't want to get fancy you don't want to start growing trees and uh lemons and uh grapes and you know keep it simple keep it simple again unless you have the time and you really want to i i envy those people who are great at growing any can who can grow anything and everything i envy them i'm learning guys i'm slowly i'm slowly getting there i've recently got into gotten into gardening and I've been every night I watch like 20 videos on different techniques of gardening and stuff like that and it's not just for this it's just because I'm I'm interested in it I um, always have wanted a garden so I've been slowly learning and I can't wait to finally when I get to the UK I'm going to um, start a small little garden start off small and then slowly once I start getting land and settle in 
I'm going to gradually grow my garden, but I'm going to start small with basic things like potatoes and onions and beans and some healing herbs, maybe some flowers and just see if I can do that. Because I, again, I was one of the ones that didn't really have a green thumb, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll update you guys on my uh, slow progress of my gardening. Um, so the next one is that you and your family should have a plan, whether that's where you go, if you're separated and things get bad, what you're going to do, who to call, etc. You guys should have a plan. So everyone knows what you guys are going to do and you aren't playing the guessing game if something happens. So it's really, really important that you aren't just the only one preparing. If you have a family and something happens to you, you want to make sure your kids, spouse, parents, grandparents, whoever is just as prepared as you are and can, can and can survive without you. Or um, I know a lot of people have kids who go to school. And so if you have a plan in place and your kids know the plan, and let's say you can't get to them, you already know, okay, they're going to follow the plan. Of course, you're going to be worried, but you know, okay, they're going to follow the plan because they know exactly what we're going to meet or what to do if this happens. So and that, and again, that goes with teaching your kids self-defense and situational awareness, teaching them how to read a map, how to garden, basic wound care, basic stuff like how to use a compass. You should be preparing all the members of your family as well. And lastly, watch what you tell others about what you have. So this should be a rule of thumb about life in general, but the more people you tell about what you have, the more people you have to worry about when times get desperate. Remember what I said earlier, hard times breed hard people. And when people get desperate, hungry, or thirsty, it makes them do horrible things. You would think, oh, my my sweet neighbor would never do that. But again, when people get desperate, they'll do just about anything. So don't go blabbing about how much you have stockpiled or how much you have invested. Only you and your immediate family should know because again, you should watch out for family too as well. Unfortunately, like times will show you like there was a, there's lottery winners whose family completely turned against them, turned completely evil because money was involved. You just never know. And even small kids shouldn't really know the extent of what you have until it's time for them to know. Sounds overly cautious, but you'll thank yourself once resources get low. Because small kids, they, they'll they tell your whole entire life story to everyone. And again, desperate times breeds desperate people. So they should kind of know, but not really know the extent. You know, maybe your kids, you can teach your kids investing, but they probably shouldn't know the extent of how much you have invested. Because kids don't know. Teenagers, kids, all that, they don't really know. They just talk sometimes and it's just how they are. So keep that in mind. The more things take a turn, the more you will need to be able to know this stuff. So I recommend you start now. Research, read, learn a new skill, and you'll be able to weather this out.
that is it for this episode ladies and gents i hope you got some good info out of this one i really enjoyed it it was it was fun to research i really liked it i like prepper stuff maybe we'll do another one later when i do an update on what's going on with the american dollar but of course be sure to follow us on show, social media at things explained with ty those will be linked in the show notes along with important resources from this episode comment rate review all that good stuff and as always i'll see you next week take care